a stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Utah's best athletes count on flexibility, speed, strength. And the Jazz pick up their 22nd assist. So they count on University of Utah help. Brielle Soleil puts this game away. And so can you. Leading doctors, a world-class environment, award-winning innovation, care to be great. 14 unanswered by the Utes. University of Utah Health, caring for Utah's best and yours. Schedule your appointment now at uofuhealth.org slash care to be great. Whether it's the Jazz, Utes, Cougars, or Aggies. These guys have got you covered. I fellas. You're locked on to Jake Scott and Ben Anderson. One, two, three. Move on 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Powered by KSLSports.com. <laughs> Jacob Ben, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Jake Scott, Ben Anderson. Ben, there's another story about Donovan Mitchell and his uh, grumpiness or big-timiness or something uh, that's out there from the one and only Rick Buecher, friend of Utah and, and Salt Lake City. Notorious jazz fan. Notorious jazz fan. Rick Buecher. Um, here's the uh, here's the report. I'll just read from the NBA Central tweet here. Uh, the incessant buzz around the league is that there are those in Donovan Mitchell's circle who believe he is too big of a star for Salt Lake City. A quote from one Eastern Conference scout, quote, they're a first round exit from Donovan being in New York, unquote. So there's a lot to dissect there. Mm-hmm. Um. Let me just pick a starting point because I could pick 10 to okay. random. So I'm just going to okay. pick a random one. All right. Let's start with Eastern Conference Scout because this okay. isn't easy. This could be I, – I, I want people to understand that scouting staffs now in the NBA are dozens and dozens of people. Like I was walking out of the Dante Exum draft one time and I ran into a guy who looked like a fan who was wearing a jazz hat. And I asked him just to try and get a feel for the fan base. Happy with the picks? He said, yeah, I think the Jazz are going to like uh, what they got in Dante and Rodney Hood. And I was like, oh, this is a guy who like actually was paying attention, watched both picks. I said, oh, you, you live out here? You're a fan? He goes, no, I'm a scout for the team. I'm a regional scout for the team. I go to different colleges around you know, and watch players in my area, and I report on them. That's, that's kind of my thing. He's not with the team. He went and bought a ticket himself to go to the draft. Like he spent his own money. The Jazz didn't even send him. He bought his own ticket to go watch the draft. Like there are low level scouts. There are really high level scouts. I don't know if this Eastern Conference scout is the New York Knicks head scout. You don't know if this is somebody's son. Like you, you really don't know what this is. Who's talking to Rick Buecher? So just. I'm not trying to kill this report at all. I'm just saying go in with a little bit of leeway. Be a little skeptical. How much value yeah. this could or may not have, sure. and we really don't have a guess here. Generally, I will tell you this. 
the people that talk are not the most important people. The people who are willing to give a report on Eric Bu- to Rick Buecher, excuse me, about this type of report generally isn't the number one guy out there. So, but but maybe it is. But maybe it is. So so let's establish that level of who the scout is, just so you add a little bit of understanding, a little back information. Second of all, they're a first round exit from Donovan Mitchell being in New York. Well, it does take two to tango, so you would have to put together a trade package for Donovan. You don't have to. He's signed for a contract. You can keep him here as long as you want. And Donovan's a nice guy. I think he's going to play nice. I don't think he's going to Ben Simmons his way out of a team. So there's that part of it. Second of all, it would require a first-round exit from the Jazz, which, I mean, I know they're not playing great right now, but I think you and I would both be pretty shocked if the Jazz get eliminated in the first round. Like I would be. If that's what it takes, is Donovan Mitchell getting eliminated in the first round? Like. I'd probably say the same thing about Devin Booker right now. I'd probably say the same thing about Chris Paul right now. I'd say the same thing maybe even about Luka Doncic right now. Like, if the Mavericks don't start having success on the floor, you get upset. You get frustrated. I I think that's probably not the most unreasonable take. But you got to recognize, like, that's the likelihood of the Jazz getting eliminated right now in the first round seems steep seems unlikely even as bad as the jazz have been playing recently they beat the denver nuggets twice in this stretch without rudy gobert like the idea of not making it out of the first round with this team if they're healthy at the end of the season is a is a big if that is not some foregone conclusion that that's what's going to happen for the jazz see i think the biggest part of this you know of uh, richard uh, buker's report uh-huh. here is that Donovan is doesn't feel like he can get what he wants from Utah. From a marketability standpoint? Right. Yeah. I think that's the big story. I mean, New York, who cares where he'd end up? Yeah. I mean, by the way, the Jazz don't care. They'll trade him wherever. They've got – he's under contract. He signed a deal. Yeah, so, right. I mean, you can want in one hand and uh, spit in the other. Right. And I'll tell you which fills up faster. But, right. I mean, you know, would Donovan go the Ben Simmons route or what? to what lengths would he go to get what he wants? I mean, that's that's a completely different story. But if the, if, if the story is true that Donovan cannot get what he wants from Utah, then that's tough. Because you can cater to him until you're blue in the face, yeah. and he's still going to – you're not going to see the return on the investment unless you do it under his current contract, which dials up the urgency even more. And who's to say if the Jazz got a title, if Donovan, those those wants would be satisfied? We're never going to be L.A. We're never going to be New York. Right. He's not going to get the all-star votes that he wants here. Correct. So, I mean, if that indeed is a problem, that's a really serious problem. That's you can't bring Dwayne Wade into the ownership to fix that problem. If, right? You know, there's no satisfying that. So that's the big time issue I see from this report. I mean, right? You can say, "Oh, he's one one uh, playoff loss away from playing in New York." Well, really, because it's not quite that simple. But the other part is, if 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 Donovan's too big for this market. Or believes that in his mind, then there's no fixing that. Right, and it depends on who's in his ear. He was he was raised to be a star. His dad's in in sports. Donovan always says the right thing. It's not an accident. He knows sure. how to market himself. He knows what the score of the game is. He's not a, a naive, you know, farm boy off the bus. He he knows how to. He knows what he wants. Don't let me pat myself on the back. I'm not. I'm just telling you, honestly, there's no better person to talk to you about this right now than the person who asked him the question, how he feels about this exact report, than me. 
I asked him this question last Saturday. I'm the only person who's asked him this question this year in public. And Donovan Mitchell did have this. What he said was, I want to win a championship. Me and Rudy want to win a championship. That's our only goal right now. We're focused on winning a championship. That is the only thing we've really heard from Donovan Mitchell. And you're right. That's the right thing to say. I don't know what else he's supposed to but say. But it's not true. If his, I, I don't know if it's not true. He's worried about other things. Trust me. Oh, I'm Everybody's sure he's worried, worried about, about other things. things. I do believe his number one goal is to win a championship. Okay, I, I'm not. Yeah. I'm not disagreeing with that. But that's not all he's concerned about. Sure, which is and he didn't said. say that's all he's worried about. He said his number one goal is to win a title. Okay, all in right. In, in so much, fine. But you can't tell me the marketability does not matter. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. Money off his the floor, own shoe. Signing shoe. Yeah, of course. I don't know what his his shoe sales have been like with uh, with Adidas. I have no clue. But you know what? They'd sell more of them if he played somewhere else. Of course. That's always going to be the case. Yeah, there's always a bigger fish, and I do think the that. The mailman couldn't get catapults off the ground. LA Tech or whatever. LA, LA Gear. Gear. LA Gear was not uh, launching up, uh, blowing up in Salt Lake City. But, so if that's what he wants. Correct. He's never going to get it here. If that's is, what he wants. If that's what he wants. I haven't seen a ton of Donovan Mitchell that would make me think that is going to be the drive. what drives his decision-making in his career. Really? And all, and all Why honesty. is that? Well, well, I, I don't I haven't seen the evidence that would say it is. Like I, I would put somebody else on the defensive in that point and say, like, where has Donovan Mitchell shown that the and and here I'll give you a good example of it to to back my argument of it. His first off season, he wins the the dunk contest at the All Star break. That off season, he goes and he does. Every press appearance he can. He's opening Adidas stores, stance stores. He's doing media. He did the draft. Like, he's, he's everywhere in a personality. Next year, he comes back. He's tired. He doesn't play very well. He has the sophomore slump. He says he's exhausted. He gets invited to do the dunk contest again. He says, you know what? It ruined my game. It was bad for me on the basketball court. The stardom... The trips, the visiting, I didn't get to rehab from whatever his foot injury was that first year. Remember, he had like a weird little yep. mm-hmm. ankle injury late in the season or a foot injury late in the year. Never got better for it. He said, I've got to stop doing that stuff. I have to stop being a celebrity and I have to be a basketball player if I want to reach the level I have. And he's not done the dunk contest since. He's done a couple little draft things, but he's not traveling. He's not doing the media tours like he did that first time. So if I'm looking for evidence that he's not looking for celebrity above all else, I do actually think there's some signs that he has shown that he's more worried about improving on the floor than improving his image off the floor. Now, I think you can say he still wants to sell shoes. He wants to do Spider-Man commercials. He wants all those other things. And I would believe it because everyone wants to do it. But I do think there's some evidence that that is not the only thing that's driving him. And there are a lot of players that I think are more guilty of it that are solely drawn by wanting to play in a specific market. Okay, maybe I don't I don't I certainly don't disagree with that. I and again, I I'd believe Donovan when he says uh, championship is his number one goal. But in the NBA, your circle your inner circle is a thing. Oh, and Donovan's, we know, we've seen it show up, including last year where yeah. he has his own medical people that said he's cleared to play in the playoffs. Right. The Jazz said he's not, and guess what? By game two, he was cleared to play in the so playoffs. Donovan, the player, has the luxury of having that opinion. Donovan, the circle, sure, does not. So 100%. it's what it's... Because odds are, let's let's be honest. Uh, our, our guy uh, Richard Buker isn't getting the story. Like like Donovan didn't tell someone or didn't tell Rick Buker. Right. Like, oh, I'm I'm way too big for this market. That's someone else from his inner circle who's probably prioritizing the brand. And to be fairness to the inner circle, that's likely their job. 
And Correct. so if they're telling Donovan, listen, you can make this amount more somewhere else or sell this many more shoes or you can be doing Jimmy Kimmel or whatever, you know, maybe Donovan the player can block some of that stuff out, but Donovan the circle, I don't know. And you never know with players who they're listening to and, and what their priorities are. And, and those are. guys so exist. It, 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 they do. William Wesley, World Wide West. Yep. Remember he was like a big conversation because he kind of became the first fixer that became a public person. Like people started identifying him. Yep. Like there's the TV show Ray Donovan. It's, it's what it's about. He's like a fixer. He fixes weird things for people. He links you up between different right. ways that you don't know how to link yourself up. He's a liaison. World Wide West is a liaison. And guys have their own circles, and they have the guy who says, yeah, I'm going to talk to the media, or I'm going to talk to other teams, because you're not supposed to be doing it. Like There are ways to tamper and have these conversations. Those guys exist. I'm not trying to deny that those guys exist, and that every player doesn't have them in their circle if you're of a certain value. Like Trent Forrest probably doesn't have a fixer. He's trying to get his next right. contract. But you're dumb if you're Donovan Mitchell and you don't have a guy who's talking and, and surveying the league. So I'm not trying to dismiss that it's a possibility that these things are out there. So then how does this hit the news? Are they trying to twist the jazz arm? Well, if it's not true, are you trying to – would would Donovan's camp be trying to leverage something? Okay, here's how it hits the news. Is Jake, do you think John Morant's in Memphis in four years? No. That's how it hits the news. It might be. I don't know. I right? don't follow like it close enough. It's not. But no, no, no. I mean, the, that that isn't entirely true. I mean, that's sometimes true, which is embarrassing. But that's not entirely true. I mean, you know, Woj isn't strategically reporting. Uh, example today, Woj is reporting that everything is fine in Nets land and that yeah. James Harden doesn't sure. want to go anywhere. I mean, that's that's that might be true. It might not be. But the reason it's being reported is. He's being fed. There's a strategic. Yes. Ploy, ploy, uh, strategic move Correct. for Woj to report that now and him specifically report it. Now, so, no offense to Brian Windhorst or Rick Buecher, but I will put a little bit more weight into it when you do have Sham saying it or when you have Woj saying it. Okay, also, I'll listen to that. Yeah, but, and I, I think but, that is the other part of it. Because I will also say this, so we're talking about 10 different launching points for this conversation from Rick Buecher. This was also the number two story with the header at Fox Sports being, is Grayson Allen a dirty player? NBA insiders weigh in. Like, if you're wanting to go full bore with the story, Donovan Mitchell... Going to the New York Knicks, I promise you, hits the CEO, SEO, excuse me, the SEO, which is your search engine optimization. If you're throwing out clicks or, or you're believing in a story and you're trying to get traffic, you're going to lead with Donovan Mitchell, New York Knicks. Knicks get clicks. Donovan Mitchell gets clicks. If you're running with the story, run with that because that's something you're putting your heart into. It's a big scoop. You don't bury that story if you have full belief in it behind is Grayson Allen a dirty player, NBA players yeah. weigh in. Like NBA insiders it. weigh in. Like that is not if you're a, if you're gonna back this and die on this hill with Donovan Mitchell, it's not the second story behind is Grayson Allen a dirty player. Right. Well, here's the the optimistic let's say you believe it for a minute and that's uh, Donovan and his circle, that's their opinion yeah. right now. Yep. Donovan Mitchell in, how do I say this not being too critically because I really don't mean it that way, but his opinion sways a little bit. He goes back and forth sure. a little bit. Sure. 
One day he's, he's feeling a little grumpy, the next day not so much. I never believed the unsalvageable thing because it just didn't make any sense because getting back to the championship thing, he and Rudy have the same goal. Right. So they were going to figure it out because in the, in their mutual best interest. Donovan's not Donovan's not well, Donovan is really smart. Correct. Like he he gets it again. I mean, we should give him a lot of credit. He's really smart. He was going to figure it out. I think he might be a little emotional sometimes. Yeah. Sure, of course. Like anybody? Yeah. So, I don't know. Even if it is true, and it would be a Donovan's opinion today, there is certainly far from a guarantee that it's his opinion tomorrow, let alone next year. And there's a lot of water that's going to pass under the bridge while Donovan Mitchell is still a productive member of the Utah Jazz. And I don't think Donovan Mitchell's run in Utah is anywhere close to coming to an end. I don't either. So, I to, to undermine this or to, to express my opinion on this, I don't think Donovan Mitchell is close to demanding a trade from the Utah Jazz. No. Nor are they close to bowing to that. And let me also say this. I will, I'll put myself, because this is a conversation that is had by people, because I see it on Twitter. Jazz fans are smart. They read into it. They remember Gordon Hayward. They remember Darren Williams. You remember Carl Malone being up and down on stuff. Like There is always a desire to look for a bigger market. That is a long-running story with the Jazz. Donovan Mitchell's not the first person that's been accused of feeling this way. And look, Gordon went to Boston. Darren went to New Jersey at the time, ended up in Brooklyn. Like, it's a thing. Guys want to go to bigger markets. It, it, It was very much a real thing. When I look at Donovan Mitchell and I listen to him talk and I've talked to him in person and I talk to Gordon Hayward, I talk to Darren Williams, like I I remember all these things. I don't get the sense that Donovan Mitchell is wily like a fox. Like I don't get the impression that everything he's saying has an ability for him to back out of it. So when he says he wants to win a championship, he's trying to do it in Utah, I kind of believe him. The way I didn't always believe with Gordon Hayward when he was talking those last couple of seasons after he signed his contract. I am more, and a lot of people aren't. I understand why a lot of people aren't. A lot of people don't believe everything Donovan Mitchell says. I'm more likely to believe when he says he wants to win a championship. His goal is focused on winning here in Utah. I I do believe him more than I believed other guys. Just based off my feeling, my gut impression, having talked to him since he was his first day in the NBA when he got drafted by the Jazz, that's just the feeling I've gotten from Donovan Mitchell throughout. And maybe I'm fooling myself. Maybe I'm buying into it because he did grow up in a PR household that knows how to deal with sports PR. But my gut feeling, my opinion, tells me it's authentic. Stay tuned. We'll have the top three stories at kslsports.com. Coming up next, Jacob Ben, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. This is your Jazz at 30 update. Ring the 30-point bell. Hard-fought loss for the Jazz last night to the Phoenix Suns. Hard-fought, but a loss nonetheless. Here's Mike Conley talking about competitiveness. Teams like we play tonight are games that we look forward to and are obviously measuring sticks for what we need to do and how we need to compete to win and to play at a championship level. And I want to be where they were at last year. And so I'm just trying to, to bring, you know, as much passion and, and compete as much as I can. You know, I know the guys are too. So, you know, I might not be the most vocal person all the time, but when I get in that mode, everybody knows like it's time to go and how important it is. So I think that that kind of set the tone for, you know, that second, third, fourth quarter. And we gave ourselves a chance just by our energy level. This update is brought to you by Five Star Painting. Refresh the inside or outside of your home with the Five Star Experience. Five Star Painting, they've got the time, skills, and tools. FiveStarPainting.com. Who's got it better than us? No! 
sports coverage in Utah. You're listening to Jake Scott and Ben Anderson on 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Powered by KSLSports.com. The Zone, Jake Scott, Ben Anderson. It is time for the top three stories of the day at kslsports.com. It is brought to you each and every day by our good friends at Jay Brooks Jewelers. Valentine's Day, Ben. Three weeks away? Two? Two. Two, Two, my man. So people got to get on it. Jay Brooks, they're there for you. All right. Top three stories at kslsports.com. Megan, let's get started. Number one. Tom Homo hosts annual roundtable. That's one of my favorite things that Tom Homo does. And the, they, uh, the know, top secret uh, super media stuff? Non-secret secret. You, there are no cameras. You don't record it. It's just kind of note-taking. Justin Zanuck has actually started doing it for the Jazz. He did one yesterday. Uh, I, I think this is a great thing because teams are getting more and more removed from local media, it's getting easier to say, like, hey, we're only doing on-camera stuff, or hey, we're doing stuff in a ballroom. I really do appreciate when a guy like Justin Zanuck or Tom Homo, who has really been kind of the on the forefront of this for a long time now he's been doing this, will sit down with local writers, radio guys, TV guys from around the market, and says, let's just chew the fat. Let's just talk. You ask questions. It's a little off the record. It's a little casual, but let's be candid with each other. So... I've I've been to a uh, a couple of super secret media summits with uh, with Tom Holmes. You've been to this? I've never uh, been to this. Before. Yeah, it, it's interesting. And I got to tell you, me personally, I I like it. Conceptually, I really don't. Explain. So, have you ever seen the the Simpsons where Homer and Apu go to India to get Apu's job back? Yes. And they they the the Quickie Mark Grandmaster or whatever, and he says, "You can ask me three questions." And and Homer goes, are you really head of the Quickie Mart? And the guy goes, yeah. And he goes, really? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Thank you. Come again. Those are the three th- th- questions. Th- those are the three questions. You know what I mean? And so really what this is is Tom Homo doesn't like doing a lot of these, understandably yep. so. I'm not judging. So he's just going to get it all out of the way in one fail swoop. Sure. Whatever is relevant today is going to be the only thing okay. he's going to talk I understand about that criticism. for the next six months or year or whatever. And so, you know. And to no, Jay-Z, Justin Zanuck's credit, he does it about every six weeks. Right. So you I, can don't, kind I don't of, know about Justin. Sure, I'm talking about of, sure. Tom. Okay. And I've never been to Tom Homo. So this is a good fuss to meet in the middle. So. And our lovely colleagues in the media, I, I can't help but sometimes, you know, you've got a finite. He's not going to be all, their day, all day. So you've got a finite amount of questions Correct. and all that stuff you're going to ask. And I, sometimes it, it falls into the category of, are you really head of the Quickie Mart? Yes. Really? I think that's it's really? very understandable. So that's that's honestly what, what bugs me about it. We're going to get a crazy amount of really good information out of Tom Homo today, and then it's going to be crickets for the next six months. Right. And he does that on purpose, too, because if I can, you know, heaven forbid he has a piece of controversial, important information, he's going to sandwich it in the fire hose. Sure. So it's going to be one of those, like our, our movie, American Graffiti. 
I'll take one of those dirty magazines. Yeah, I'll take right. a pack of gum, some right. candy bars, a bottle of Old Harper. Correct. Uh, make it two packs of gum. Yeah. I mean, so there's right. there's okay. a little bit of that where what if Tom says something fairly controversial and groundbreaking, but it gets lost because he just spoke for two hours. Correct. And because it's a news dump. So I like it personally because it is really interesting and our ego gets fed because we get to talk with Tom one on one. We get okay. to feel cool. But honestly, it's not. You would prefer. Of shorter, more uh, more common meetings, more regular to encounters. address specific issues, as opposed to the hey, let's all let's load this up, let's get it back loaded, and then dump it all. Because now, if you send a request in, you'll get something from, from our guy Duff. Like he just talked last he month. Talked. Man, okay, we'll, we'll talk I'll to you in that. October. I buy that. So conceptually, I don't like it. Okay, but personally, going down there and doing it, sure, it's very interesting. But you know who cares about that? Nobody. Okay, so let's we let's do about 60 seconds, another two minutes of this really quick. What are the biggest talking points at BYU? What needs to come out of this? What needs to be asked? What are you curious about? Moving to the Big 12. All of it. Okay. I mean, what's... Anything you, specific? Because, I mean, it's, it's not been done to death. It's the biggest story in the state of Utah for the next two years when it comes to sports. So probably uh, the, the most answerable question will be um, who's going to stay on the schedule and how they will determine okay. who stays on the schedule. Because other stuff I don't think he can answer. I want to know how many conference games they're going to play. He's not going to tell us that. I want to know divisions, what they're going to look like. Is Texas and Oklahoma going to be in the league until 2025? How's your re- Well, maybe you could, uh, you could ask him this. How's your relationship with Bob Bowlesby so far? Okay. That's, those are, I think those are A-plus a questions. I'm curious more about that type of stuff. That, like, I honestly don't care who they're going to play. You know who I care about? How are you going to play when you play against Baylor? How are you going to play when you're playing against the best teams in the Big 12? That's what I'm curious about. I don't really care about your non-conference schedule because that's the nice thing about being in the Big 12. Your non-conference schedule don't matter no more. You've got to win a conference championship. Who cares what you do before that? Utes lost two games and made it to the Rose Bowl. No biggie. I am curious about the kind of the behind the scenes stuff, relationships with Bob Bowlesby. What are you preparing for that we don't see on the outside? Those are the kinds of questions I'm asking for. Who are you getting to come? Who are you bringing in to help you do this when you've never done this before? You've gone independent. You've succeeded in the Mountain West. You've never played with the big boys in the Big 12. What are you doing to prepare yourself to do that? Those are the kind of questions I'm curious about. You know what I do? I call Dr. Chris Hill. You think so? I'm 100% serious. If I'm Tom. Because he's done it. I get Dr. Hill on the horn. Not only has he done it. But he was really good at it. Yes, he was. On a variety of different levels, right down to when it came down to it, sticking with his coach when maybe he could have yep. moved on from his coach. How they've handled themselves financially going into the next level and all of a sudden having a little bit more of a windfall, but being smart with it. Investing in, for example, the recruiting budgets where you could invest in other things. Uh, how to... You know, get your program where it is on at least equal footing, if not putting yourself ahead of competition that's had a decades head start on you. You don't know what you don't know. And my question is, how do you get ready for that? And hiring a guy like Dr. Chris Hill, who does know what you don't know because he's been through it before, is the type of person that can help. So I, I am curious about those types of questions. Number two. New NFL coaching hires announced. Couple new head coaches. Right. Uh, the Broncos and the Bears both have new coaches as of this morning. So the uh, the Bears, let's just start with this because okay. this is incredibly uninteresting and then we'll get to the Broncos, which <laughs> actually is. But uh, the Bears hire Matt Eberflu. Eberflu. Eberflus. 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 Who's currently the defensive coordinator for the Indianapolis Colts. 
And I, I, I don't know anything about this, dude, but if I'm the Bears, I'm trying to find somebody with experience who's just going to get us to the playoffs and remove them from being a laughing stock. And they've gone with experimental coordinators in the past, and it's gotten them a whole lot of nowhere. So yeah. that's my thought on that. By the way, am I wrong on this? Like, I don't. When I'm thinking of the great defenses in the NFL this season, and look, this isn't the only way to, to judge a, a, a coaching hire. I, I promise you. Aren't the Colts very middle of the pack? Like when yes. Great, like, and underachieving middle of the pack, too. And, and, and as far as like even their defense, like there are teams you're like, oh, that's a terrible offense. But that defense plays hard every game. Like I don't think of the Colts as being like, well, I, I know that, that they're bozos on the offensive side of the ball. But that defense gives you a chance to compete every single game. That's not even how I feel about the Colts. So maybe he's just a smart young guy, up-and-comer. Someone who's going to hire him and you want to take a stab no, at it. But he's the next guy to doesn't fail blow my skirt up in Chicago yep. is what that is. And then the Broncos hire... Packers offensive coordinator Nathaniel Hackett to be their next head coach. And that, this is important because this really is Aaron Rodgers' guy. In the past, Rodgers has advocated on Hackett's behalf to get other jobs. Yes. And now Denver is hiring him. And now everybody's thinking, are they really hiring Rodgers and him? Let me tell you where I'm bad at my job. And there's a lot of them, but I'll just expose one of them. I don't think John Elway's good at his job. But... He won a Super Bowl. He attracted Peyton Manning to come over from the Colts and then won a Super Bowl with him and almost won two. At the end of his career. At the end of his career. He is he knows what it's like to be Peyton Manning. He knows what it's like to be Aaron Rodgers. So when he sits down with Aaron Rodgers, John Elway has a heck of a lot of cachet. He matters because those guys have been there before. The same reason when you sit down with Pat Riley or Michael Jordan and they put their rings on the table, you're going to listen to what they have to say because they've done it at a level that very few people have ever done it before. So when John Elway calls you and says, hey, Aaron, I know you're a free agent this offseason. I know we just hired Hackett, Nathaniel Hackett, to come and be our coach. And I can also tell you what it's like to be in your situation because I remember being the guy who couldn't win the game and by doggone it, I did it by the end of the year, my career. I won two in a row and I retired on top. We can get you there. You're going to listen to him and what he has to say. So in that sense, maybe he's way better at his job than I've given him credit for. No. Uh, if he ends up with Aaron Rodgers and ends up with Devontae Adams, they're going to win a Super Bowl next year and you can't argue that, that he's bad at his job. That make him good at his job. I don't know. That makes him captain obvious. Okay. It doesn't make him good at his you job. You know what? But he could do it and other teams couldn't get Aaron Rodgers to come and maybe if you're you're right, he's captain obvious, but that's what captain obvious had to do. That's what you had to do to win the Super Bowl and that is his job. And he was even less so captain obvious with Peyton because of his injuries. There was kind of a question whether he sure. could actually play. Sure. But Aaron Rodgers... Hey, you know what? The Raiders apparently could have signed Tom Brady, and they said, we don't want you. <laughs> we like our guy. And Tom Brady went and won a Super Bowl with the Ra- or with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yeah, no, no. The, getting Aaron Rodgers, if you're John Elway, is not trading up to get Patrick Mahomes because you see something. Correct. It's, you're, wait, yeah, you're, wait no, Aaron Rodgers hey, could be on my team? I'm with you. It's, my, it's, it's why I don't understand the knocks on, on uh, Nick Saban, though. People are like, Utah finds all these diamonds in the rough. You know what's nice? Not having to find diamonds in the rough. Walking into the diamond mine, picking out the best diamond and saying, I bet this guy's going to get us to the national championship. And Doug Garnett, he does it every time. But it doesn't make you a good coach. It doesn't make you a bad it one. It makes you Captain Obvious. <laughs> it doesn't make you a bad coach. I'm sorry to be speaking so flippantly about your Green Bay Packers, Mike. And I know this is probably eating you up inside that we're throwing Aaron Rodgers away around. Like nah, it's okay. They don't, really have, they don't have a choice. What's the relationship right now with Aaron Rodgers? You're a Packers fan. Do you guys like Aaron Rodgers or do you hate Aaron Rodgers? 
Um, that sigh says it all. That yeah. says a lot. Yeah. I mean, I get your torn. I get your torn. I'm very disappointed in him. Okay. You hope he's back next year or no? I hope so. Okay. Yep. Disappointed in him. Want him back. <laughs> that, that sums it up. That being a sportsman. That's it. I hate this bum. I hope he's on my team next year. All right. Let's move on. Number three. Former BYU tight end and ex-Baltimore Ravens head coach joins Arizona State football staff. How about Brian Billick? Still floating around. You want a Herm Edwards hire right <laughs> the there. The Hermiest. No, it's, uh, hey, if, they're go- if their sales pitch to young players is, we're going to teach you what it's like to live your, or what it takes to live your dream in the NFL, you hire Brian Billick. Who, yep. You were talking about uh, John Elway selling a message. Brian Billick can walk into any living room and say, let me tell you how I won the Super Bowl. I don't believe that's how Arizona State is going to recruit and get good players to come play for their team. I didn't say it was going to work. Yeah. But that's what they're that's what they sell. That's what Herm's been selling but the whole time. But that shouldn't be what there. you're selling. It ain't working. Mm-hmm. I, but that what are they going to do? Do something different? Yeah. I mean Marvin Lewis is on their staff. Don't care. It is it's not working. Well, what's it's not working not about it? Working. That's the question. That the message is not what you're selling. Well, was talent their problem last year? I would argue that was not the case. Jake, if I come in and say, buddy, we've got the best Persian rugs. They're soft. You're going to sit on them. You're going to feel comfortable. It's going to last forever. They're made authentically, and I've got a great deal on it. You're, it's going to change the way your living room looks. It's insane how this is going to look. And I say, buddy, I came here to buy an automobile. What are you talking about Persian rugs for? <laughs> That's what Herm Edwards is doing. Okay. They're not trying to buy a Persian rug. They want a sexy sports car when you're going to Arizona State, and he's trying to sell them a Persian rug that's going to tie the room together. Well, maybe maybe the point I guess I'm trying to make is at some point, you've got to balance between recruiting and coaching. And I realize that recruiting is way more important than it gets credit. You've yeah. got to recruit. There's, you know, That's got to come first. Chicken or the egg? The chicken. That uh, in this case, uh, the recruiting has to come first. But at some point, you have to coach too. And Arizona State had plenty of talent to win the division last year. And I'm not trying to take anything away from the youth because they won the game and and yeah. they went on a great run. And and don't get me wrong, but talent was not Arizona State. No, problem. it's never been the problem at all. I, I so wonder, at some point you got to coach. And I I think I buy into what PK says, and he's an Arizona State guy. He knows what the problems are. It might not be a town that's conducive to winning in football. It might not be the type of college environment that's conducive to winning. Where Utah and BYU, you know what? If you're on campus up at Utah and you're a football player, the most exciting thing you can focus on might be football. Same with BYU, and there's nothing wrong with that. But it, it helps to win. Saying uh, Phoenix is distracting? I'm saying if you're partying in 90-degree weather, 80-degree weather in the, in the winter— I get why football might not be your only priority at that point. Well, you've been interacting with those folks lately, so I'll, I'll grant that you have more experience with them than me. They they seem unhappy, though. They seem mad. The Arizona fans seem mad. At you? At me, specifically. They're right. And that's still going today? I woke up to it. How many times have you been insulted, would you say, over the oh, past three I, days? I honestly had to report. I And I usually, I, I'm actually, actually kind of sad I did this. I reported tweets in my DMs, which I didn't realize that. Uh, just because it like it'll block them for you, it'll get rid of these people who have zero followers. Like the only reason they're on Twitter is to come and say horrendous things to people. I'm not offended by it, but it's just to kind of prevent it from spreading and making Twitter even more toxic than it already is. And now I wish I hadn't because I wish I could read you one of these tweets this guy sent me. It was, it was incredible the language he laced together in one tweet. It was an, it was impressive. Talking like five insults in one tweet, ten words I hadn't heard before. Wow. 
You know what? The the thing with that though is that it just re- lacks creativity. I, I well, no, I, I wouldn't say that about what he said. A good creative insult, you know. This guy started a Twitter account purely to insult people. He follows 137 people, has zero tweets and zero followers. He only goes into people's DMs and insults. To them. Insult them. Interesting. What motivates people? Stay tuned. We'll have uh, more Jacob. Tickets? Ben. Are we doing tickets? We'll uh, wrap up uh, the show coming up next. What was that, Ben? Are we giving away tickets? Yeah, let's give away tickets. Why not? <laughs> Sorry for what interrupting. What are we giving you. away tickets to? We jazz, got jazz tickets. Games. All right, eight five five three four zero zone eight five five three four zero zone. If you're the twelfth caller right now, you are going to see the Jazz take on the Nuggets on February second. I'm going to do this February second. That's Monday. I'm guaranteeing a Jazz victory. Wow. Cause, why? Because the they next always home game. beat the Nuggets? The next home game, and the Nuggets are not very good. For some reason, they don't match up with the Jazz. Guarantee you win these tickets, you're going to a Jazz victory next Monday. Stay tuned. More Jacob Ed next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. The sports you love. The teams you can't live without. They're sent to urgency! This is Jake Scott and Ben Anderson on 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Powered by KSLSports.com. <laughs> Jacob Ben, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Thank you very much. appropriate song for uh, the depression that's being felt either for Green Bay Packers fans or Utah Jazz fans. Yeah, this 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 song is a downer. This song's a bit of a downer. Bit of a downer. That's a fine I, song, though. I know we've talked about uh, we've talked about uh, something similar to this, but how about the the Blink One Eighty Two drummer being one in the long list of drummers that were replaced right before the band got big? Who was the Beatles' most famous one? Oh, uh, I mean, what is his name? Where Ringo just steps in at the last minute, and that's when they blow up. I'm like, yeah, uh, Peter. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry to put you on the spot. Pete Best. Pete Best. Yeah. There you go. Um, but Blink-182 had one of those, too, because the guy broke his arm, and so yeah. they hired that Travis dude because they had to go out on tour Correct. to support their new album, which had that song, the This Is Growing Up Correct. song on it. Correct. And all of a sudden, that song took off, and then... And he like looked cool. The first drummer was like, just like a blonde guy, right? Just like a dude. And then he like has this huge mohawk, and he like has a very aggressive drumming style. And now he's actually like lapped those other two guys. Yep. One of them became like an alien conspiracy theorist. Uh, which is kind of funny. And then the other guy most recently is recovering from cancer, which sounds like he's doing better. Great for him. Uh, But, like, Travis Barker was in a plane crash, right? Like, and lost a friend in a horrible story, but was in a plane crash, is now dating a Kardashian, right? Like, what? He was like, I'm a nobody. I randomly met Mark Rufus or whatever. What's the guy's name who's from Blink-182? Hoppus. Hoppus. Mark Hoppus. And uh, they needed a drummer because, right, the other guy twisted his ankle on his way to a show. And now I'm dating a Kardashian post-plane crash. Like, you just truly, truly never know what's around the corner in your life. Didn't he have a reality show with his uh, obnoxious first wife? Yes. Hmm. He did. Interesting person. Interesting guy. What's his name? Travis. Travis Barker. Travis Barker. Very talented. Yeah, incredibly talented drummer. And then, like, has lived this amazing life of, you know, one hurricane after another or one miracle after another. Depends on the lens you want to look through. Well, saying yes to that particular drumming job worked out for him. Hey, how would you like to fill in for our dude? Ah, All right, I'm not doing anything. Fine, fine, fine. And then all of a sudden, 
you know, what, 20 years later, you're dating a Kardashian. So yeah. good for you? Yeah, say what you want about Tom, too, but he's very talented yeah, as well. No, is, for sure. Is he the alien guy? They're all, I yes. mean, you're one of, like, the 10 household name bands of the last 20 years. Like, truly, like, everyone knows Blink-182. Everyone knows that song well, when you started playing. Megan sounds like a fan. She knows all this you, stuff. But you don't accidentally get there. Like, that is the other thing. You just don't accidentally get places. Like, you have to be freakishly talented. So you have to have two guys who can really write songs. You have to have a great drummer. You have to be able to sing. You have to know how to stick together forever. Like, we're talking about DJ and PK. We're talking to, I asked PK what he thought he was good at this morning. <laughs> just to <laughs> pick his brain? The same way I asked Megan, why is she here? Like, I just wanted to know, like, how PK viewed himself. And you know what? Here's the thing. I know it. Because DJ and PK are so unbelievably talented and then also have some luck that they get along in the same room. Like, it takes some luck yeah. that those two found each other and complement each other. But they're also super talented. Like, that's how they're doing the show together. They're not accidentally on the radio after 20 years when 50 shows, literally 50 shows, have come and gone in their time. It's not an accident. They're not slipping through the cracks and nobody's noticing. You have to be good at it. Well, it's the mean, same way Blink-182 has to be good at it. David James is world famous. He's noticed in every room he's in. He's a superstar. He is a superstar. So is PK. Yeah. I mean, he's not a TV superstar, but he ain't bad. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I love PK. I sat in with him for a segment you today. Did. It was he great. came at, You know, PK loves to come after me. Uh-huh. That's his thing. I don't know if he, it's because he thinks I can take it or what, but he loves coming after me. Bring yeah. it on, PK. All right, stay tuned. Hans and Scotty G, who are here in studio today, we are coming up next. Hey, fun show today. It was. I know it's not an easy show for jazz fans, and I'm uh, I feel for them. But uh, I thought it was a fun show, Megan. Great job. Uh, the jazz are really interesting right now. Maybe not in the most positive way, but I. I mean, I'm glad we played Coach Snyder's comments because I haven't heard him like that in a post game maybe ever. I don't. So. I don't mind interesting. Nope, don't mind interesting one bit. Hans and Scotty coming up next. Stay tuned. Ninety-seven-five and twelve eighty in the zone. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new season three, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold season three, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts.